Welcome to Unity of Tucson. I wouldn't be surprised, because miracles abound, and they happen to me every day. They happen around me every day. I wouldn't be surprised. As Gary was singing, um, one thing that came to mind that I was not expecting was a moment in time for me that was not that long ago. I was on the fourth day of my pilgrimage, and I had left Pamplona. Now, those of you who maybe don't know, if you haven't heard, I walked the Camino de Santiago last spring. If you're new to this community, you wouldn't have known that. So, uh, The Camino de Santiago being a 500-mile pilgrimage. I walked that pilgrimage last spring, and on day four of that journey, I left Pamplona, and I walked and had to stop early because I was realizing that there was an issue with my ankles, that they were overstrained. They were not sprained, but they were overstrained. And so I got to a little village and I found a hostel and I decided to stay for the night. And part of what happens in the hostels is they offer what they call pilgrim meals. And so you sign up for the pilgrim meal and then you go and you sit down and it's usually at a community table. And I sat down at the community table and there was a man from uh, there was a man from England, uh, there was a woman from Belgium, and then there was a man also from Japan who were my dinner companions that night. And inevitably it comes up, many people ask, you know, what is your profession when you're on the Camino? Because that's kind of the small talk thing that happens. And people, not surprising on the Camino, you find a lot of clergy. Uh, you don't necessarily find a lot of new thought clergy. And so they asked what I did. I said, well, I'm a minister. And, uh, and they said, oh, what's your de denomination? I said, oh, I'm, I'm a new thought minister. What's that? And so then you go on the explanation of what new thought is and what new thought teaches and what new thought pro professes. And new thought professes exactly what Gary is talking about. I wouldn't be surprised because miracles abound. They happen around me every day. Now my question to you is, is that surprising? Is there any aspect of you that still finds that surprising? Just to check in. Because I see a lot of people going, oh no, absolutely not. You know what, it still surprises me sometimes. Because I can very easily look at the world and see things that contradict that very notion that miracles abound around me every single day. I can look at all of the excuses for why I shouldn't believe what I believe or have the faith that I have, but none of that means anything when I know who I am. Hans Christian Andersen, and I wanna be very clear, I have seen this attributed to him. I have not been able to actually source it, so I'm giving him credit for something I'm not sure he should have credit for. But apparently he, said, he wrote this at some point. The whole world is a series of miracles, but we're so used to them, we call them ordinary things. 
The whole world is a series of miracles, but we are so used to them, we call them ordinary things. So I think we should let go of thinking we need to be surprised or that miracles need to be some major thing in our lives. Every moment is a miracle. What do you hold on to? I just want to ask this question as a point of reflection. Just check in with yourself. What comes up as I ask this question? What do you hold on to as impossible in the world? Whatever has come to mind, question it. That's the call, question it. Because something has convinced you that it's impossible. Something has convinced you that it's impossible. And as we take on this idea, this belief that things are impossible, well then, it is done unto you as you believe. So it remains impossible in our lives. I was nervous about walking 500 miles. There was a part of me that thought, oh, it's impossible. I got asked repeatedly, have you trained for this? I can't tell you how many times I got that question. And my response was basically always, I said, I said, well, I'm a walker anyway. I walk a lot. And yes, it's a different paradigm, but I'm not going to approach the experience with the point of view that it's impossible. I mean, certainly it's not impossible. Thousands of people walk it every day. But what are the things that I'm actually looking at in my life? And I invite you to understand and look at this for yourself. What are the things that we are looking at in our lives that we have just decided are impossible? They're too far out of reach. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. I often have said in the past, everything is possible because the nature of God is infinite probability. Everything is possible because God itself is infinite probability. And that's who and what we are. We are that power. We are that presence. You know, it's a funny thing about holding on to a microphone like this. I feel very much more like, hey, mellow. <laughs> I think it's because what I don't normally hear, I don't normally hear my, uh, my headset microphone in the monitors. <laughs> and I hear, I hear myself coming back at me. It's just, and I, it's fine. It's just, it's like, it's a different vibe today. It's a very different vibe today. This is Belief Week in Mental Muscle, which is a program that, I've, uh, that, I'm, uh, involved, that I'm leading right now. We have eight magnificent people who are going through 16 weeks of essentially what we call a spiritual boot camp, a boot camp for the mind. I just noticed he turned off the monitors. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Belief Week. See now, look all of a sudden, see what happens? This is Belief Week, where we really go on the deep journey of exploring what we believe a deeper exploration to the core of our beliefs. And one of the things that I invite us to do is to look at the words, I believe. And this is for every single one of us, not just if you're a mental muscle, every single one of us. Look at the words, I believe, because whatever follows, make certain it's what you want. Make certain it's what you want in your life. Each week, every single week, I get up here and I talk about belief. I talk about belief. I lead every single Sunday celebration by saying, you may not believe everything you hear today, and that's okay. Because I'm not here 
It is not my responsibility, it is not my job. I am not here to tell you what to believe. I'm not here to tell you what to believe. I think the power of what we have to offer in this spiritual philosophical movement is that we invite people to go on the journey of exploring their beliefs. It is an invitation to explore. And that differs from a lot of more traditional spiritual paths, what, they would, what might be deemed as traditional spiritual paths, where they purport a set of beliefs and it is imperative that if you are a follower of that path, that that is your belief system. I can only tell you what we teach. You get to decide what of the tenets, what of the teachings you take on as beliefs in your life. So in the explanation, there are principles. In the exploration, there are principles. In the philosophy, there are principles that we offer. And they're grand, great ideas. God is all there is. That's a principle that we offer. All humanity, all creation, it's all the manifestation, the demonstration, the expression of God. That's a principle that we teach. So my question to you is, what do you believe? And how's it working for you? Are you willing, perhaps, to develop for yourself a personal declaration of principles? A declaration of personal principles. Basically to say, come up with a list that says, I believe and see what follows and come up with a list of a declaration of personal principles. Now, principle, what, what is principle? Because sometimes people go, I don't know what he's talking about really with principle because we use that word a lot here, right, Jerry? <laughs> yeah, Jerry, Jerry gets on my case about the word principle sometimes and I'm going to clarify today, Jerry, what I think is going on. She's saying, thank you. So I'm going to first go to the, the dictionary definition of the word principle. The princi principle means this, a fundamental truth or proposition that serves as the foundation for a system of belief. A fundamental truth or proposition that serves as the foundation for a system of belief. Now we often say in this philosophy, God is principle. So what if God is the fundamental truth that serves as the foundation for our system of belief. What if we define it very specifically using those words? God is the foundation upon which our lives are built. God is the rock upon which our lives are built. God is all there is. And we are standing forth as magnificent expressions of this foundational principle. We are the expression of the principle. Charles Fillmore, the founder of the Unity Movement, along with, well, the co-founder of the Unity Movement, because it was really more founded by Myrtle. I'm just going to be really clear. <laughs> he was very instrumental, but it's really like it's Myrtle's movement. Yeah, Myrtle. 
But he spent a lot of time doing the writings and the definitions and doing the, you know, the metaphysical interpretation of scripture, and he spent a lot of time in that practice. He wrote this, principle is the I am of every person. Principle is the I am of every person. And then he uses a metaphor. As the principle of music moves through tones, so does the principle of mind move through ideas. We are the music, each and every one of us. We are the music of the divine. Principle is the I am of every person. So as a personal declaration of principles, I'm going to share some of my own with you. These are my ideas that I use in my infinite identification in this thing called God. And these are things that I choose to live by, and it is a choice. So, I believe that peace begins within and that the experience of peace is inevitable. I believe that peace begins within and the experience of peace is inevitable. I believe God is not a being, but the beingness underlying all creation. I believe the conditions I experience are a result of my use of an infinite mind. I have a lot more that I could offer, but those are three big ones, don't you think? I believe that peace begins within and the experience of peace is inevitable. A lot of people would say it's possible. It's inevitable when I know who I am. I believe God is not a being, but the beingness underlying all creation, and that is inclusive of each and every one of us. I believe that the conditions, the experiential world, everything that I experience is the result of my use of an infinite mind. My mind cannot be separate from the infinite, even though I will refer to it as my mind. It is my use of an infinite mind. It is my awareness within the infinite mind. It is my awareness of who I am within wholeness. That's what unity teaches. I've taken these on as personal principles as well, and I live by them, declaring them as true for me. For me. What's true for you? What is true for you? Charles Fillmore continues in his definition of principle. God, as creative mind, moves through the expressed thought of divine mind referred to in scripture as the word of God. What? Huh? <laughs> Metaphysicians are really good at creating word salad. Um, <laughs> You know, if you didn't know anything about New Thought, that wouldn't clarify it. In a screenplay that I wrote where I talk about my journey to becoming a minister, um, I made a joke at one point as, well, my character that represents me in the script makes a joke at one point. It says, as a minister, why would I say in one word what could be said in 20? <laughs> we refer to God as principle. 
And it's an obtuse idea, right? It's an obtuse, like, it's, like it doesn't really make any sense. We were referring to God as principle. But here's why I think that happens. We have left out of the equation, this is why it's obtuse, we have left out of the equation a very important factor in understanding God, the allness, as principle. We have left out feeling. We have left out our own understanding of ourselves as this principal power. We have left out our heart energy. And what happens is it makes this construct, this idea of God as cold. It feels cold. But here's the good news. Each and every one of us, we are the warmth of God. That's who we are. We are, each and every one of us, the seed of a miracle. And when we nurture that seed, when we nurture that seed, we grow and we blossom. And we call the miracle that is us ordinary. We are the point at which the principle, the law, expresses magnificently as love. We are love. We are love. The law, here's the thing about the law, and this is where the balance, the theme of this month comes in, because we are a balance of love and law. The law is impersonal. It simply creates. It doesn't matter. It is not influenced by, it is not, does not show or get involved in personal feelings. It simply creates. It always, we, we like to say, it always says yes to whatever we impress upon it. And we're impressing upon it 100% of the time, even if we're only aware of about 10% of what it is we're impressing upon it. The law is impersonal. We are the ones who personalize the law as love. We are the heart of love. And how many of us come up with excuses to see how that's playing out in our lives, how the principle is playing out in our lives, and step back and go, oh, I'm not to blame. And then we just go, I'm not to blame, but now I must live with the erroneous results to the mental work that I've been doing, whether I'm aware of it or not. There are excuses that we can come up with very easily. Oh, yeah. The world is falling apart around all around us. And we come up with really good excuses like, it's all good. It's all unfolding perfectly. It's all good. It's all unfolding perfectly, even when it's not. I think we need to stop selling ourselves short of the power that we have to affect change in our own lives, to let go of that type of, I'm going to call it toxic positivity because it is toxic in the way that it is expressed. Because when things are not good in your life, it is not helpful to say, it's all good. It's not. Let it go. Let it go. But I think we oftentimes settle for limited outcomes. Are we settling for limited outcomes? That's a rhetorical question. When we're settling for limited outcomes, oftentimes when we're saying, it's all good, what we end up doing is we end up arguing for our limitations. And that ultimately boils down to not understanding a sense of our worth, our value, 
and acknowledging that we are worthy, we are valuable, and it has nothing to do with any circumstance or anything we do in the world. We are worthy and we are valuable simply because we exist. Because wholeness cannot be whole without us. We cannot be separate from wholeness. And so I think we need to start, I'm going to call upon each and every one of us to start celebrating the truth of our being more profoundly today than ever before. And it doesn't matter whatever happened in the past. It does not matter. Live life as the heart of love. Start celebrating the truth of your being. Start celebrating the light that you are. Do not hide it under a bushel. Celebrate, 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 and shine forth, shine brightly, because you are absolutely worth it because you matter. That's what I believe. What do you believe? I choose to walk through life understanding that every person I encounter is someone who matters. And I look upon them as love. I see them as love. It doesn't mean I always like them. And that's okay, too, because there's room for all expression. I don't define people by their behavior. And usually it's not that, it's, it's not that I don't like the person. I usually don't like the behavior. How much are we equating someone's behavior to the truth of their being? And not only for other people, how frequently do we equate our own behavior and define ourselves by our own behavior. The behavior follows the consciousness. And so if we understand ourselves as truly divine, I hold firm in my faith that the behavior unfolds accordingly. And it also means if I make a mistake, and I know it's going to be shocking to you, I have made mistakes, and I still make mistakes. But if I make a mistake, I will address the mistake. I'm teaching prayer class right now. Uh, we, well, we're, in, we're about to enter into the third week of a six-week exploration of prayer. And although I have not asked this in class, I want to let this be sort of a prayer class right now and ask you to reflect upon this uh, question. Are you personally in the practice of affirmative prayer? It's rhetorical again, just for reflection. Are you in the practice of affirmative prayer? And if your answer is, yes, I am, then I ask this follow-up question, how is your life going? And if the answer is, no, I am not, then I ask you this follow-up question, how is your life going? Prayer is a fundamental technique that we teach to focus the law. That's what prayer is all about. We are focusing the law with the idea that it will allow a specific experience in our lives. That's what prayer is all about. We are always causing, no matter what, we are always causing something to be created. And prayer is a way that we are active in that creation, not passive in the creation. And we can be active or we can be passive, but I'll tell you, my quality of life has been greatly enhanced by being active in the creation. Once we embody what it is we want actively, it becomes passive. That's the great news. 
I don't have to work at it so hard because I've created a new habit in mind that allows the quality of my life to unfold in an enhanced manner so magnificently that everything that we look at as ordinary, I begin to really understand as true miracles. Because everything is a miracle. Everything is a miracle. I want to reiterate what Charles Fillmore said about principle. Principle is the I am of every person, the movement of the infinite, referred to in scripture as the word of God. And I like to think of word as an acronym. I love acronyms. Word for me means wisdom of reality demonstrated. And when I talk about reality, I'm talking about capital R reality, that which is eternal, that which is unchangeable. And demonstrated means that it is showing up in our experience. And we are, when we are rooted in the heart of love, then as we express our word, we can expect that wisdom of reality demonstrated in our experience. So let's demonstrate principle, each and every one of us. Let's demonstrate principle right now, rooted in the heart of love. I'm going to invite you. I'm going to invite you to repeat words after me. You ready? We're going to say this. You just repeat after me. I am perfect. I am joyful. I am loving. I am loved. I am expansive. I am expanding. I am tuned in. Ready for this one? I am sexy. See, not everybody believes that one, right? <laughs> I am clear. I am abundant. I am creative. I am peace. I am beauty. I am wisdom. I am light. I am love. I am divine. I am God. I am God. I am God. Peace and blessings. You are magnificent. So I alluded to it. Some of you may guess what the homework is this week. If you are new to our community, I offer homework every single week as a way to make practical the spiritual principles that we teach. So this is what I invite you to do this week. I would like you to write down your personal declaration of principles. I would like us all to consider what it is we truly believe and write out those beliefs. Start each phrase with, I believe, and see what follows. Get clarity on what works and what you find that you may want to adjust. That's the homework this week. Let's take a breath. Let's allow ourselves to come to that centered space of awareness. It's easeful, gentle, open, loving. If there's a kernel of an idea that has resonated in your heart, let it be present right there in the feeling space and know that it is 100% under your 
purview under your dominion to make available in your life. That's the truth. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.